0: Two, one. Hold it
1: now. Hold it 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 now. Welcome to the
2: Quincy Jones Show. You are now in the mix with the two-man
0: power trip, Quincy Jones and Doc Lassen.
3: Hey, you guys doing? It's Quincy Jones Go from the Quincy Jones Show, man. This is going to be a very special mini sewed edition of the Quincy Jones Show. It's been a while since we did a mini sewed. I think back in January when we were in uh, Arizona doing uh, the State Lines thing. But uh, yeah, it is number 61. And um, the reason why this one's a little bit special is because, you know, last year uh, around this time, I actually uh, bought my little lonesome. Made the the trip all the way out to Chicago, did the whole all in thing, did the StarCast uh, convention thing. And, uh, you know, I was able to uh, get uh, quite a bit of interviews and uh, some sound bites from not only fans, but a a little bit of the personalities that was, uh, you know, in town at the time of All In. Um, And I actually wanted to take time to actually uh, put a few of those out, man. I'm going to be having, I think, quite a few guest on today but um one thing you can definitely look forward to is uh, just a little short review of a smackdown for a change we usually do raw and we'll do whatever is coming out of the weekend but not a lot uh to talk about this week except for a little bit going on between the booking of raw and smackdown um at least to me personally i'd like to say that you know each show actually had a lot of strengths and uh was on a really good steady ride until a certain ending that just kind of you know At least me, again, personally, it left me as a fan feeling weird and uh, a little confused, to say the least, when I uh, finished watching both shows, by the time they went off the air. Uh, So I just want to dig into that a little bit, but I also want to tip the hat to the club for uh, not only winning and picking up the tag team, uh, the Raw Tag Team Championships and Triple Threat match against the Usos and uh, the former reigning two-time Raw Tag Team Champions in uh, the Revival Uh, Had a triple threat tag team match on Raw. Why this wasn't on SummerSlam, I have no idea. Um, It does make sense because they did have uh, quite a uh, three-on-three-on-three sort of uh, uh, melee, a little catastrophe, a little brawl going on last Monday. So, you know, it does make sense is the the reason why we were able to get to this match. But at the same time, they could have used this week to plant more seeds to to make it a a triple threat tag team match. It's been a while since we've had one. We could have even made this... Uh, you know, the, the new TLC match, you know, Mark McFly has been, you know, a long standing proponent of trying to get a modern day three way TLC match uh, type of dynamic going. Um, uh, these three teams could have been it, you know, who knows? But, um, and I'm not here to make uh, the most of lost time or lost opportunities, we just got to look forward to the future. And, uh, the, the club, aka the OC, will also get a Tommaso, uh, pat on the back break because of the fact that they took our advice from last week's show and that was to keep cutting that promo with that specific slogan about the OC the only the official the original because it's gonna make more sense I, I me as a guy a Californian from soCal who has worked in the OC there's obviously the long-standing series on the CW the OC I can't help but when I see the nameplate where it says the o period C period I, I I just go there, you know, and it's just so weird. I mean, they, they've, I mean, no one's saying that the club was a great name to begin with. You know, obviously we know where it derived from and, you know, WWE trying to do what they can with the materials they have. They can't, you know, legally own the Bullet Club name. So I, I see what they were doing there. The fact that they're going to set such great lengths to rename them after it's been like, what, two, three years on the roster known as the club, uh, which to me is kind of weird. But, you know, they're making it more of a, a, a reason to, you know, keep pushing home the original the only, you know, the the the, the you know, I, I mean, it's, I get it, but when you look at the current roster, there's not another stable or uh, even like a three man crew that are currently labeled another club. So I mean, they they have been the original club, uh, at least in the WWE roster. But uh, yeah, those guys draped in gold right now, I had to give them a shout out because definitely have been uh, obviously another uh, supporter of uh you know not only gallows and anderson but you know aj as a whole the whole club thing we've been wanting to see those guys at least a little bit happy before you know we found out that they weren't going to be leaving wwe due to their contract speech so um it is good to see that they are going to be utilizing them not sure what this means for uh the oc going forward as far as SummerSlam outside of uh, ricochet obviously facing aj styles again for the united states championship but um i digress uh because we had you know again we had Quite uh, a few weird things that happened here on Monday night. Uh, one of the things I'll get into, at least to me, that's that was worth noting was the uh, Maria Kanellis thing with the 24-7 championship. You know, it was weird because, you know, they started off uh, Monday Night Raw with an opening package that was actually uh, spotlighting the, the 24-7 championship and the division. Obviously, most fans nowadays who have been uh, more or less kind of upset or frustrated with the current product uh as far as what happens on on a weekly basis on mondays we've all been saying that probably the most uh effective uh silver lining has been the 24 7 title segments and stuff like that especially because it goes not only on a weekly basis but online uh people can follow the progress even obviously the comic con so you know they've been you know uh spreading their wings so to speak as far as uh getting the most out of this concept you know which uh, I mean, I don't, want, I don't think it was a year ago, but when Mick Foley introduced this title possibly about six months ago, maybe even shorter than that, it did not get a warm reception at all. So it's, it's kind of uh, ironic to see where it's at now, and a lot of people are looking forward to these segments. But, again, you know, they made it a point to have this uh, opening uh, uh, video package about the, the division and the championship. And then it was, to me, it kind of took a weird turn. As you know, it was cool to see Mike Bennett win the championship, And then, you know, I'm thinking, finally, I can sympathize with this guy, you know, something good going on in his life, something that uh, Maria could be proud of and not, you know, bust his balls over uh, too much. But, of course, uh, we get her asking Mike to lay on his back because she is going to be uh, the champion that her baby can be proud of. I believe the the right verbiage was that um, she wanted her baby to have a... uh, a champion as a parent um, even though technically she does or maybe doesn't you know there's still that weird thing about whether Mike is the father or not but um, immediately when I saw this I'm thinking oh crap they're about to possibly kill off the 24-7 championship I I mean you know you look at the facts and you know what they've been pushing as far as the narrative for Maria Canellis and just the Canellis' period the last couple of weeks you know Maria has been pregnant and they're obviously not going to have a uh, a pregnant active uh, performer on their roster. Um, though she has been uh, getting these TV spots, she can do just fine. We've seen, uh, Maurice do the same up until she had to make uh, her maternity leave. So, you know, it, it's just interesting to see, you know the fact that they chose to put the title on Maria. And the only way I can see this going, the only way, because I was just talking to Doc uh, yesterday, and you know about this whole entire uh, angle, because you know it it's it reeks of Heyman, and then you know a little bit of Stanch of uh, McMahon, which is fine, but. Haven't seen something controversial like this in a while, uh, not even just with the angle, but just like the uh, the language being used in this angle as well by all the performers. So um, but one thing I'm thinking, you know, at some point, we, you know, we as the universe have to sympathize. Right. We have to sympathize with Mike. And I'm trying to figure out if that is that to make him face. I mean, well, what's going to happen? But I, I mean, I think this may answer my, uh, you know, as far as my my wonderment, as far as where we go from here. Uh, is I could possibly see, you know, us sympathizing so much with Mike Kanellis that we actually start cheering to see, uh, you know, if he's going to beat his wife. I mean, she, she posted, Maria posted a picture of herself sleeping, you know, belly included, with the, the 24-7 championship, and uh, they had their uh, their newborn child that was born last year, their, their daughter that was in bed with them, and it was Mike Canellis that took the picture, and it's just like, almost like he's weighing his options, like, do I pin her? She's dead sleeping, Technically, your shoulders are on the mat or the mattress in this uh, in this situation, but uh, I definitely see the crowd getting into it from a perspective where we wonder if Mike is going to pull the trigger. If Mike is going, you know, I can see Mike flirting with the idea of trying to figure out if he's going to pin his wife. Especially, you know, it it just only adds to the fire and the fuel of of a somewhat eventual face turn for Mike. Uh, You know, on a weekly basis, he's getting his his balls handed to him. He's getting cut down. He's being yelled at. He's being uh, ostracized like it there has to be a breaking point and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes and it possibly could be a result of the 24 7 championship so definitely want to see where this goes uh and then you know we get to the samoan summit or lack thereof um, it was just really weird we had two segments going on at the same time where the cameraman was hurrying to film both spots uh you know we had obviously seth getting wheeled out from the the tremendous attack from the returning beast which i'm sure a lot of people did not uh, see coming at all that night um, but you know then we also got Brock Lesnar pulling Seth out of the ambulance and then another final F5 on uh, the stretcher and uh, god damn it that stretcher has a family you know what I mean so we gotta get an update on not only Seth Rollins a uh, whole entire left side of his body but also see you know the upkeep of that stretcher obviously you know prayers to both we want to make sure these guys are okay this is a family show but moving on then it pans from that action to whatever, uh, you know, brawl that Roman Reigns had got into, which it was just weird, man. You know, we had, uh, you know, Samoa Joe come and, and, and attack uh, uh, Roman. And then, you know, we were trying to figure out what the heck the Samoan summit, uh, summit was going to be about. Uh, and, of course, that didn't end up going on. And it was just a, overall just kind of a weird ending to Raw, man. It was, again, from a, from a standpoint of a fan where it kind of had a lot of steady points and it was pretty good. I, the ending just kind of left me guessing, but kind of in a bad way. Or it left me, left me scratching my head. And and not in terms of, okay, so what's going to happen on Monday? I got a tune. It was just like, okay, so what was this for? And the reason I have to ask that even more now is because they did something similar at the end of SmackDown. And, uh, I mean, let's get to SmackDown. I'm going to break this down real quick, man. Uh, first and foremost, I want to, uh, as a fan, I have to say it was awesome to see uh, Kevin Owens hitting a stunner on the announce, uh, the announce table. Uh, you know, obviously was was... Uh, one of those iconic things we've seen Stone Cold do it. I believe it was uh, The Rock, as well as um, Shane McMahon, a couple of times, where you know the table doesn't break, just a stiff stunner. So that was cool to see. Um, and to be honest, I don't understand why this match with Shane isn't going to become an I Quit match. They've been throwing the word around, and I think it's SummerSlam. It's the pretty much the 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 second um, you know coming of WrestleMania, except in the summer. I mean, we need some good, not only just good quality matchups, but some good quality match stipulations as well, man. Um, uh, Dolph Ziggler, I felt, had an amazing promo. Um, you know, he, just the verbiage, man. I mean, you know, the whole quote-unquote, did you see Goldberg's last match? Well, I hope we did. And, <laughs> you know, even down to, uh, you know, The Miz isn't even the best wrestler in his own house. I'm more scared of Maurice, and I'm sure Miz is too. But on to tonight. So that that I very much enjoyed. Dolph Ziggler seems to be enjoying this new role. He's getting featured more. He looked like he's going to be linking up uh, as part of the, the Shane Army or the maybe the modern-day posse or corporation, as I've been uh, vying for. I mean, he has Elias, Drew McIntyre. He did have the revival. I don't know what's going on with that, but, you know, now he has, uh, you know, Dolph Ziggler seemingly doing his bidding as well, um, teaching some of his uh, enemies a lesson as well. So uh, we'll see where we go from this. I mean, I've been hearing rumors about him and Goldberg at SummerSlam. I I don't know. It hasn't been confirmed. I've gotten a lot of uh, different uh, headlines coming across my feed, but uh, we did think it was going to be him being uh, Dolph Ziggler taking on The Miz. In some capacity, as they've been teasing it the last couple of two weeks uh, on the Miz TV segment. So, um, I'm looking forward to see what they do with Dolph. And, um, you know, it's cool to see that he's actually getting a spot on this pay-per-view. You know, he came back uh, seemingly as a replacement since Daniel Bryan wasn't able to, or not that he wasn't able. He, he, you know, declined to make the trip to Saudi Arabia to go against uh, Kofi Kingston at, uh, you know, the uh, Super Showdown a couple months ago. So, I mean, it's good to see that he's he's getting back into the rotation of things and they're uh, putting him in feuds that actually mean something. So definitely looking forward to where where we go from there. Uh, Moving on to, you know, I got my my, my notes here, my little bullet points. Um, We got a return of Aleister Black asking for uh, another participant on the active uh, Raw or SmackDown roster to pick a fight with him. And we can now confirm um, after a promo that Sami Zayn uh, will be that man. Uh, There was talks about Sami Zayn being his first opponent. When he first got his singles push and was asking for someone to beg a fight with them. Before we knew it was Cesaro, it was, it was looking to be Sami Zayn. Now we're getting the Sami Zayn match with Aleister Black at SummerSlam. I mean, the only thing I can say about this is, it's, I, I feel like this match is going to be good, because it might remind uh, a little of the fan base of how uh, it was when Sami Zayn took on uh, Shinsuke Nakamura back in NXT, right? Uh, as far as the, uh, the kicking prowess of Aleister Black, and how uh, Sami Zayn will adapt to that, um, but I I can't lie here I think we can all uh, expect that you know at least a 75 to 25 percent chance that uh, Sammy is going to take the L on this one I don't see them start stopping a, a build of someone like Aleister Black especially with this much time and TV time they're investing in him and, and you know this character so we'll see if our uh, predictions for next week's episode but uh, definitely interested to see where they go from here uh, and to see more of Sammy Zane man again I mean I'm I'm hoping the bets for Sammy, but we'll we'll see where they go as far as the booking for this. Um, next, you know, we get into the uh, Kings Court with Trish Stratus. This is my only notes about this. Uh, this segment was such a transparent foreshadowing of Trish versus Charlotte, uh, with the tremendous rumors already ahead of the build by about a week and a half. I've I've been getting stuff on my timeline about a possible uh, Charlotte versus Trish match at SummerSlam for quite some time now, so. With this, and, you know, I knew they were in Memphis, so, of course, you know, the connection of Jerry Lawler and Kings Court being in Memphis with WWE, no questions there, but the question is why choose Trish? I mean, they could have, I mean, if it was because of the fact that she was, uh, you know, regrettably unavailable for the Raw uh, reunion, and they still wanted to fit her in somewhere, you know, be a little bit more vocal about that, you know, yeah, you know, unfortunately I couldn't make it, I was on vacation with my family, but I I didn't want to miss the WWE uh, Universe, I wanted to give the fans... You know what they came to see, so I, you know, I made sure I came by to Memphis to visit you, Jerry. Something like that, you know? but you know, they didn't do a whole good job of, of explaining why she, of all people, would be this random guest on the show uh, when the Raw uh, reunion and the, and the nostalgia that's attached to it is no longer you know, there. But um, again, you know, it, it just kind of, to me, I was like, okay, I already know what this is for, you know what I mean? I, this is strictly just a device to uh, obviously make the connection of Charlie versus Trish at Summerslam, but not to say I'm not against the match happening. because it's, it's obviously in Trish's hometown in Toronto. They needed something big, and honestly, it's been a while since Charlotte has had a big match. I want to say it was probably WrestleMania the last time we saw Russell a great match, uh, or not a great match. It's Russell just a huge, ma- uh, you know, premier match just in itself. You know, so. But again, I am interested to see where they put uh, Charlotte on his card as far as when it comes stacking up to Trish. Who gets the win? We'll figure that out. But they are going to be in Trish's hometown, so. Uh, that kind of tends to mean how WWE likes to book things. Um, another thing I want to get into: Firefly Funhouse is back, and it was short, sweet, straight to the point. And honestly, I just really love the uh, the violent undertones of this delivery. It was uh, we saw Ramplin Rabbit, uh, seemingly a huge fan of Finn, but then also knowing that the Fiend was uh, within proximity of his fandom. <laughs> So uh, he definitely uh, made sure he was uh, out of sight, out of mind by the time Bray came on screen. But again, we had like this menacing promo from from uh, from Bray to Finn. And I'm loving it, man. I'm definitely loving it. This could be what we were supposed to be promised back uh, in uh, Survivor Series when it was supposed to be Sister Abigail versus the Demon. But, you know, things come full circle. Things happen for a reason. Definitely excited about this. Um, by the way, we move on now to, you know, we had Dolph Ziggler... <sighs> Taking on Finn Balor. And I really hate that they just called Dolph Ziggler's super kick the sweet chin music. They've never called it that before. He's been doing it way before this segment with Shawn Michaels has ever even came on paper. And, I mean, on top of that, you know, you the next match, you know, we had Ali versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And he hits Nakamura with the same super kick and it's called just a super kick. Even in the first match, we had Kevin Owens taking on Drew McIntyre where he hits the super kick to set up the stunner victory. Again, didn't call it the sweet chin music, so... It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, man. Uh, but Ali did pin the IC champion. Great look for him. Uh, but just not, I don't know, I, I think the same could have been done for someone like Apollo, who is someone who has been seen in the mix. Uh, which is, you know, and just having the, the, the exact ingredients of having a match against the IC champion in the past with a close win and that being Apollo. Whereas Ali undoubtedly has been looking to get back into the mix after being pushed uh, for the Elimination Chamber with the current promos that they still very, you know, obviously it's, it's they, they want to get behind Ali and very much want to push him. But again, it felt like, you know, with the week and a half left before SummerSlam, I'm not sure that this match was necessary just to be used, again, as a device to get Ali on the card if that's what they're doing. Um, you know, especially on one of the more premier big shows, uh, to be honest, I wouldn't be mad if they did do something like add Apollo to the match. Uh, Because to me, personally, Shinsuke Nakamura defending against Apollo Crews and uh, Mustafa Ali would be fire. (laughs) Moving on, I just got a comment on the amazing video package with the interview with Randy Orton. I mean, I just love that they brought up the fact, you know, the the whole stupid, stupid situation. And, you know, just the quote of, you want to piss me off? You get sent back down to the bottom, you know. And you just felt this promo because the tension... And more or less, Orton's attitude about the overall situation feels real because for, what, 10 years, as they, as they said, we've gone without Orton's side of that story. We've always seen, and, you know, even Kofi just, like, recently brought it back up and jumped about it to his advantage. But, you know, it was, it was one of those things where it was a great way to utilize, uh, you know, that realness in a way where they were able to break down the fourth wall a tiny bit. And also a little bit of kayfabe for those who know, know. Uh, You know as far again in that certain scenario, and it was in in a a very effective way and then it helped further the narrative for the match Makes the drama and the stakes a little bit juicier more importantly gains more interest into the match going into SummerSlam Which exactly is the name of the game mission accomplished and I'm definitely looking forward to this match Uh, One last thing I got to say man uh, And this is where things just kind of went a little bit left for your boy You know they've been telling uh, the crowd uh, the universe all night the, 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 the fans watching at home that Roman's going to get to pick his uh, SummerSlam opponent. Uh, seemingly, he's the next, the new uh, predecessor to John Cena. If you guys know in the recent years, John Cena has been able to just walk in, no build, and pick his guy. Or, uh, yeah, they gave Roman an opportunity to uh, pick his uh, SummerSlam opponent. And it looked like he was getting ready to get interviewed by Kayla Braxton. But, in, uh, let me just say, that this, this was shot very horribly. Um, if people didn't watch, there was something that happened where it was like a huge stack of equipment just started inexplicably falling on top of Roman Reigns. Um, you know, if something really did happen, uh, you know, they wouldn't have immediate second angle footage of the equipment falling on him exactly after we see, see on the hard cam like it's a freaking replay. Um, if we were expected to believe that SmackDown Live is broadcasted and filmed live, not to mention it's just, you know, really weird just in comparison to see you know, to, to other times when we've seen WWE pull out the production, you know, big production for similar spots like this, you know, just to see how little Roman Reigns sold the damage or just the expected overall injury. Uh, it's just, it was weird. It was like after seeing something like that happen, especially when you go back and look at, you know, how they filmed, you know, they for sure fell on top of Roman. You could see where he flat backed like it fell on top of him. And then he's telling medical, you know, in another shot, no, no, I'm good. It didn't get me. It didn't get me. But then at the same time, you also have Corey Graves, putting over on commentary how he's the luckiest man who just escaped catastrophe. And obviously, there's been a, a lot of jokes saying that it's uh, Rikishi coming back to do it for The Rock. But, I mean, if this is like a Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns uh, eventual match for SummerSlam, the drama's already built in. They don't need this. I don't know who is uh, the you know proposed name who made this happen as far as who's trying to take Roman out. But... Uh, again it, it left me feeling really weird after a really good uh, solid you know hour and a half of some good stuff and I just really didn't know what it, it took me out of it it really definitely just took me out of the whole thing um, but I guess again we'll have to wait and see until next week uh, SummerSlam is next Sunday so we'll definitely have to see where they go from this there's uh, again a bunch of rumors and a bunch of different headlines flying across my timeline but you know I, I just want to see what's good I want to see what's going on my interest is there a little bit but I have to admit this whole thing is a little bit weird, especially with the way they shot it. But um, yeah, man, we're gonna take a real quick break. Uh, again, this is a mini miniisode number sixty-one, and then we're gonna come back with a very special interview—a couple special interviews. Uh, we're gonna have Mega Ran and Teak Hall uh, from when I interviewed them back at Starcast Convention uh, number one in Chicago, man. And uh, I believe we're also gonna have uh, a short interview with uh, Simon. From uh, what culture as well. So stay tuned. After the break, we're going to discuss more Rival Pro Wrestling as summarizing three. You can get all the information if you follow The Quincy Jones Show as well as Rival Pro on social media. But uh, like I said, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, what's going on, you guys? It's Quincy Jones going for the Quincy Jones Show podcast, and I'm excited to announce that it is once again – that time of year where Rival Pro Wrestling gets to pull out all the stops and put on one hell of a show for you guys, man. And that's right. It is our two-year anniversary, and it is time for Summer Rising 3. A lot of you guys may remember Summer Rising 2 and Summer Rising. The first one was our very first show, man. And it is our pleasure to announce one of the original uh, roster members coming back once again for the Summer Rising series, and that is S.E.U.'s Scorpio Sky, also from AEW's active roster. We can also announce and confirm that Jungle Boy will be in the main event a little bit of title implications there man you're gonna have to ask adrian quest what's up young fuego once again will be making his presence felt with a fiery hot title defense as well as a list of names you guys are much much familiar with as far as the building of rival pro wrestling to get to where we've been thus far i'm talking about names like eli everfly ruby rays guys like bad dude tito guys like dom kubrick uh, uh, Fidel Bravo, we got we got the return of Jake Atlas and the debut of Double Platinum Chris Bay and Sway Thompson and not to mention we have the return of the Gauntlet match which again provides great, great title opportunities for everybody involved in a match, so again, you're going to want to check it out go to purplepass.com backslash summarizing3 and of course you're going to want to follow the Quincy Jones Show your favorite damn commentary team and we will let you guys know, follow us via every social media outlet you guys. Want to know some info? Guys got questions on the event? Hit us up and we'll let you know, man. For everything else, Rival Pro, again, follow them on social media and be sure to grab your tickets right now, man. We got front row burning hot for 30 bucks a piece. You might want to grab them right now while they're hot. Purplepass.com backslash summarizing three. Go. Welcome
0: to the Quincy Jones Show, home of the tag team champions of the IE, Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar.
3: What's going on? As we're uh, back from the break, I'm sure you just heard my uh, lovely rival pro ad, but I'm here to give you guys some exclusive news, man. Um, as we're coming up here on about a, a week now, uh, as this drops uh, Friday, August second, um, rival pro has finally released the matchups, and uh, <laughs> I'm excited, man. I'm excited not only as uh, you know part of the booking uh, portion of, of rival pro wrestling, but also you know alongside uh, you know Mark McFly and and, uh, Doc Lesnar, who, you know, we provide the, uh, the golden voices on the commentary team for all the matchups, man. Uh, we're definitely excited to call this action. Um, you know, put a lot into this card. There's, a, uh, pretty much everyone that's on this card is there for a reason. They've either been with us since day one, uh, you know, w- we've done great business with them. You know, they, have we want to see them return. We, we've had a few, uh, great debuts as well, man. So it's, it's definitely something to look forward to. Now, you know, l- let me just get into it. We got the, uh, Return of the Sexy Jesus. Ray Rose's will be taking on the Prism of Excellence. Dom Kubrick in a singles match. We also have the only tag team match featured on the card. And there are a little bit of tag team implications there as it is Bad Days, who, if you guys remember, they actually were in a hellacious matchup against Doomfly for the vacant Rival Pro Tag Team Championships. The name the first time ever Rival Pro Tag Team Champions and it was Doomfly that walked away with the win after the match there was a little bit of trash talk and a challenge thrown down where there uh, was to be an expected rematch in a hardcore tag team match but if you guys remember 2018 the culmination of the reason why the, that the finals even happened between these two teams there was a tag team tournament put on by Rival Pro and And True Grit was one of those teams that made it to the semis, but they were never officially eliminated. They actually were not able to make the show due to injury, but they were never eliminated. They've been, you know, they were replaced actually by Luchasaurus and and Super Panda. And they have a a claim that they want to, you know. Hold stake to, uh, and uh, you can consider this, I guess, a number no one contenders match to Doomfly's new rival protecting championships. And it's no doubt going to be a slobber knocker, true grit, bad days. I mean, <laughs> that right there is worth the price of a mission. But if that's not going to convince you, let me just go down the list, my friends. We also have the debut of the ultimate finesser, Chris Bay, one half. Uh, the double platinum tag team along with Sway Thompson, but he will be going against one of the big names we did announce for the show. That is all elite wrestling's Lucha Soros. He's making his return to rival pro wrestling. If you guys remember again, he tagged uh, with super Panda in the, uh, the 2018 tag tournament. He also appeared uh, for the first time with us at dead on arrival, but it's definitely excited to have him back, especially with it being the two year anniversary. It'll be a, a homecoming of sorts, but also, you know, uh, Quite the send off, as we know, he will be uh, on his way uh, with All Elite uh, full time October 2nd. Coming up fast on TNT. We don't get paid to say this stuff, we say it all the time. But, uh, you know, we're just here to support the wrestling, uh, even if it is an alternative to what's out there right now. But moving on, on the card, we also have the return of what you guys used to know was the Gauntlet match. It is now the Rival Revolver match. New color paint. We actually have a, a, a actual set of rules, and, and the video is going to be coming out soon, as well as a feature on all the competitors. And, man, let me just ramble off the, the names, man. We have Matt Vandegrift, first-time debut. We have Slice Boogie, first-time debut. We have the return of El Bravo, Fidel Bravo, as well as Iron Heart Douglas James. We also have another debut, the other half of Devil Platinum, Sway Thompson, as well as a grand return for Uptown, Andy Brown. This is the Revolver match. Six participants, six shots, one goal, and that's one shot at Rival Pro's most prestigious gold. And moving on, man, to Jake Atlas taking on Scorpio Sky. Again, another All Elite Wrestling uh, a name we were able to announce. Another return for us. If you guys have been down with uh, Rival Pro since day one, you guys would know that uh, he actually appeared against uh Brian Cage as summarizing 1 at our very first event man so uh you know it's full circle another homecoming as well as another great send off man um and definitely he's going to be in the best town he's ever been to there in LA man and uh for the final match just the main event man this is the probably the most bananas uh main event we we've, we've been able to put on uh, thus far man and uh really proud of being able to put this together we have uh the new reigning rival pro undisputed champion Young Fuego Adrian Quest in his very first title defense and not just any match this is a triple threat match against the fly Eli Everfly and all elite wrestling zone Jungle Boy. It's going to be bananas. <laughs> You're going to have to keep eyes in the back of your head on this one. And again as a commentator I look forward to calling all of this action. All this is definitely worth the price of admission. $30 front row, $20 GA. We said it in the ad. What more are you waiting for? Uh, I guess for me to shut up, man, so I can get into these interviews. Uh, again, man, we had some exclusive interviews in the vault, man. Uh, it just it just came to me, man, because, you know, it's fortunate. You know, last year I was able to go to All In. Uh, unfortunately, it was uh, by myself on a solo mission. But, you know, now I'm able to grab my tag team partner, my partner in crime on the podcast as well, Triple H, Hip Hop Hybrid, Doc Lesnar. Uh, who's not here with me on the mini social? Shout the doc, man. But um, I was able to grab these interviews and, uh, man, call it a little, uh, I guess, flashback Friday, if you will, man. Uh, I was able to uh, uh, catch up with Simon Miller from What Culture. And um, it's real interesting to just listen to these interviews back. And, uh, you know, they know it was a year ago and listen to these answers and, like, you know, some of the stuff that, that's happened since then. And it's just it's really cool, man. And um also following this, I also have another exclusive interview as part of a crossover episode that I did with Matt Mania Podcast. Uh this one's featuring T. Hall as well as Mega Ran. You guys may know as uh the guy who's hosted after party for Double or Nothing, as well as man who's uh created multiple theme songs for uh Kenny Omega the likes, uh, a super duper uh uh video game enthusiast, uh World Guinness Book of World Records holder for sure um all around great guy treated me with the the dopest amount of respect for you know first time meeting me he's been on uh, a few of doc's songs as well you may have heard of him on the strong styling remix along with myself but uh yeah man we were able to sit down and chop it up uh the night after all in and get his thoughts on it and quite interesting as uh you know i was able to ask where they thought the the next event was going to be at if there was going to be a next event and just seeing where we are now um again uh without further ado Here's the two interviews from Simon Miller and another from Mega Ran and T Call. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Quentin Jones, girl from the Quentin Joe Show Podcast, conducting some more field interviews here at the Starcast Convention. I'm here actually with one the only Simon Miller, three sixteen. May have seen him on What Culture. He's here. How you doing? I'm oh, good, thanks, man. How are you? You good? I'm doing great. I, I appreciate it. Um, and you know, you weren't eating. I saw you were eating yesterday.
1: I was eating. And yeah. are, are
3: you? Are you good now? Are you still famished?
1: Uh, I'm still hungry, <laughs> but I think that's mostly because jet lag, right? Jet lag makes you really hungry. I don't know why. It does weird things to your body.
3: I think the airplane food it just sucks. So you're just really, not even. It
1: wasn't great. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I don't care. It was food. I needed. That, it. That's I needed so some
3: some sustenance,
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> just, just something. To keep up. Um, we were up 24 hours yesterday, which I don't oh, mind. Yeah, I, I, but when you do that, you need that food.
3: Oh, 100. I, I, I can't. I showed up. I, I was like 6 a.m. on my flight from LA. Came all the way over here. Didn't sleep. Went straight to the convention. smash it, So man. I know exactly what you're talking so about. a flight as well, isn't it? I, it was like, about a four-hour flight. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't too bad, but then the time change just totally screwed of me up. Of course, Always. I'll, I'll, so, but you're going to be at All Inc, correct? Oh, we're everywhere, man. I, 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 I was going to say, I mean, I, I wouldn't think you guys wouldn't be. Are you?
1: How excited are you for the event? I think, I'm excited for everything. like Because I think the most amazing thing about all of this is how interactive is with the wrestlers who are just walking around yeah. I think that breaks down another barrier as well mm-hmm. and then all in a show that's going to have an amazing atmosphere with that many people completely independently run yeah. I mean it's crazy man like, yeah. I remember when I was a kid this, this wasn't real oh, and yeah. now here we are you know 25
3: years on and it, it's ridiculous it is I mean it's, a lot of people have been using the word game changing and I think as for a lot of doors are going to be open I mean, after this is done I honestly <laughs> see another one happening after this yeah me too um, as far as the card you, you were talking about the card any match in particular you're excited to see
1: so I've always I've Cody Rhodes versus Nick yep. Just because in my head, you got him with Cody Rhodes with his dad's 100%. belt above his head. I think that's a moment we all want to see. You know, is it a bit obvious yet? But who cares, man? That's what we want to yeah, see, exa- right? Exactly, we want yeah. that feel-good moment. But other than that, I think Omega and Pentagon Jr. I mean, it's taking two forces of nature, right? And putting them together. Yeah. How can they not? Even if they have a gra- bad match, it will yeah. still be a good match. You know what I mean? They're like, gonna,
3: yeah. they're gonna have, I mean, I don't think those two have ever fought each other. And just. Not in my knowledge. Th- they have great... Like, th- their, their styles, like, they, they vary, but then there's some it's parts of it that they shared—it's it's, going to be—I believe it's going to be one of those great matches for sure. I
1: think it will be, and I think the fans will be so into it, the atmosphere will make it like
3: Hogan and Rock, right? I'm not yeah. saying that levels,
1: but because the fans will be so into it, it'll make it good regardless of what they do. 100. percent And I want to see the Battle Royal as well.
3: I think the Battle Royal will be you know, really yeah, fun. yeah, the, the, the zero hour over the budget Battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I want to Really see, fun, man. Yeah, it's going to be all, all good fun for sure. I definitely want to see that. And you know, final question. Um, I know you're hurt right now, but I'd say maybe you might get healed up another year. You know, the success of this thing's already kind of uh. It's already kind of snowballing here if you were asked to be all in what would be your dream opponent for next year my dream opponent well yeah.
1: if i got asked my dream opponent would be anything <laughs> i'd say you could put me against a broom right. and it would be right but i mean i mean dream opponent do you know what actually it's not I and mean, of course cody of course kenny of oh, course yeah, right yeah. but away from that someone that i really respect yeah someone that you know we at what coach got to interview yesterday and he's just the most humble hard-working dude and i've I love this stuff for ages. I think if I go to wrestle Colt oh, yeah, at All In, I'm not saying that's a match that anybody
3: wants to see other than I, me. I honestly but... would like to see that. I think there's a lot of entertainment already that's attached it. to he that. he gets yeah. the
1: YouTube stuff. He's a funny dude. And honestly, man, I've talked to him a few times, and he's, you know, he's a really inspiring guy. In terms of what he's done, and yeah, oh, we were in 100%. pro wrestling TV yesterday, and he's pressing his own t shirts I saw. Cole that band yeah. don't need to do that, but he does. He does it because he, that, he gets yeah. it and he loves so it. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. And, and so I think something like that on a personal level would be great, but on a superstar dream level, yeah. I mean, if I'm fighting Cody, it all into. I and mean, what the hell happened in a flipping year? Because there's about a thousand people more deserving oh, than me. 100%. But you know, I take it anyway. You never oh, turn an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that'll be it.
3: Well, thank you for your time. Thank you, man. And I appreciate you. Uh, and then, you know the what? Oh, thank Enjoy you. Enjoy the Enjoy the good weekend. luck with uh, you, you, too. Good luck with all the rest of your interviews this weekend. I appreciate you taking time thank out you, to man. speak it's with okay, us. So. Thanks, man.
0: Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show, featuring the best damn commentary team on the
1: planet Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here?
3: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Quincy Jones Go Live. This is the Quincy Jones Show. Again, doing more field interviews here live at the Starcast Convention. We are at day four, and uh, this is actually a, a real special kind of kind of interview. We're doing a little cross promotion thing. We got a Matt Mania podcast in here. We got T Call as well as Mega Random himself. How you guys doing,
2: man? Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's a crossover. It's Matt Mania, Quincy Jones. Go. We in the building. Um, it's Starcast. I'm losing my voice. It's great.
0: Yo, what up, T Call? Outside instead of being in the building today, um, we're getting ready to break y'all ankles with this crossover episode.
3: Oh, I like that, like that. Hey, you know, we could, we could be as loud as we want to be out here. We ain't gonna be uh, disrupting nobody else doing work. You know what I'm saying? But um, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? I mean, uh, it's it, we are in the convention where live live sounds expected to happen. Yeah. Uh, did you guys catch the show? I know, I don't know. If, I know you guys didn't get the tickets to the show. But, it, got, you, yeah. but you, oh, you guys were able to watch it though. We got
2: no, tickets. We got t- oh, you guys did go to the show.
3: Yeah, we were officially all in. That was awesome. I, I, we kept yeah we kept
2: the um, the drama and the suspense to the last minute. But we are, we were in the building. We we saw the show. Um, we were in a in a suite, which made it a different, a, a, as usual. Like normally we're down into the crowd, so we got a different take of what was happening. But even in the suite, people were just going nuts. It was incredible.
3: That, that's yeah because you definitely worked me because I remember uh, you, you, had, you had said, man we're going to be at the convention, but I don't know we going be yeah, yeah yeah you said we' are going to see yeah, so, but I mean like, how I mean sweet experience obviously like you said different from being front row in that live crowd I mean I mean obviously probably going to shows and being in both kind of uh, atmospheres I mean well, which one do you do uh I guess prefer you know what I mean I mean well as
0: far as the suspense goes for all in like we were in suspense as well we didn't we didn't get the official word that we were going to like get tickets or even be able to purchase tickets until like what was it like 2 weeks a week and a half before yeah so um and then at that point we didn't want to talk about it on the on the podcast that we had got tickets because people would see us out here by that point and you know it would be like like that but um yeah the experience in the suite was like so our suite didn't have a TV, and then the suite next door to us had a TV that they were streaming all in on the TV as well. So um, we were running back and forth from our suite to that suite to try to see replays yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the TV after it just happened. So it was great.
3: Nah, yeah, man, I mean, uh, I was there live. I was actually right by the entranceway. Uh, I didn't know where the seats were because, you know, you go to one spot, first time they're doing it, they say this—it's one area—and then you ask three people, don't know where the hell it's at. I was right, actually, right in the back corner, right by the entranceway, so I got a pretty good uh, amount of video as far as like people coming out. Uh, Cody Rhodes coming out with Pharaoh, which was hilarious. Was uh, I mean, we, actually, I was like front row, technically, for when Adam Page threw Joey Janello off the stage for that power bomb, oh which was uh, ridiculous. Um, but I mean, I, I've been asking everybody this, so you know, it's to be expected, and expected not to just have one answer, obviously. But any matches that. I mean, I enjoyed the whole car personally, but what was something that stood out for you? Man, the whole car was great. But um, I don't know if I really have a favorite, but
2: I would say the biggest surprise favorite was the Hangman Page-Joey Janela street fight. Not just the the action, which was great, but I'm not usually a a hardcore fan. I just kind of like wrestling, you know what I mean? But the spots were incredible. Penelope, oh my God, Like this is the first time I really saw her. Like She had a legit moment in there there was like two three minutes where she like took over that match with with like incredible athleticism so um that was the the surprise of the night for me and um and that finish holy cow i really thought he killed joey like i was like oh my god you just killed that guy
3: yeah i thought it was another joey to add to his to his kill list right i mean what about you t what what was something that that either you liked that stood out for you
0: Yo, you were talking about um, Cody and bringing his dog out. So we were just in another podcast, a live podcast, and he was telling the story about that. That that was all not planned. That he didn't. So. That he didn't mean to bring the dog out. <laughs> he said he was just gonna walk the dog to the stage and then after the crowd like went crazy he was going to pass the dog off to somebody and and have them take him back but he was like he was like what the hell like let's give the fans something different and just that image of him like walking the dog like i said he like with the blind hair and everything he looks like so, so villainous right yeah. so like him walking the dog he had the whole crew behind him it almost was like ala like some like rocky boxing stuff when they bring the whole training crew out with you yeah. to the ring so it was just like a like a picture or like an image that you don't get to see often, you know. Um, but man, standout matches would probably be, um, I'm going to say it was the Marty and um, Okada match. The reason is because, well, not only did Rand say that that was going to be like the cool down match, he didn't think that match was going to be that hype. Um, and I didn't either. And just seeing like as far into, because that was like what, the second before last match or something? like crowd was still going insane like they did not get tired they did not stop cheering the whole night and like that between that and going to wwe events where you feel like towards the middle or towards the end of the crowd i mean um card fans are like getting tired and they're like ready to go and stuff like that like nothing like that was going on now it was like they were there to the bitter end after the taping ended while they were in the ring talking and giving all their thank yous everybody was still there attentive as they first got there. I
3: again, I like I was down by the floor, and it was definitely it, it definitely was reminiscent of like, I mean you see it a lot in like boxing matches. You know they got their whole cam with them. Sometimes you get a celebrity. You know mm-hmm. Triple H sometimes comes out with Mayweather. You get JB sometimes, uh, but you know it was cool. You know you saw the legends behind Cody. You saw some of the legends behind uh, Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. I. I. I, I mean, it was reminiscent of when uh, Harley Race beat, or not Harley Race, Dusty beat Harley Race for the NWA title with a quick finish. Do you think that was a plan here with, with a quick roll-up with, uh, with Cody?
2: I think so. That this was a very old-school match. So I said that a lot. Like it felt like something from the '80s, and and winning with a roll-up is that's the way to do it. Like it doesn't have to be the huge spot finish. Like it's the surprise element. And I remember, like once you hear that three. You start looking around, like, he did it. You yeah, know what I mean? He, he he, did it. And it took a while for the music. And, like, we were like, yeah, he did that. You know what I'm saying? So I love the shock of the, of the roll-up and the, the quick pin and the surprise element. Not only that, but I think that they were, like, conditioning or
0: trying to fool us throughout the show card. Because so many of those matches had, like, the roll-ups where it was, like, roll-up, roll-up, roll-up. And it was, like, two counts and they kept yeah. doing it. So I think they were doing that so, like, you you didn't expect it. You were like, oh, it's not going to win with this roll-up. So that once it actually does, like, it's a bigger pop, like, oh, shit. Like, he, he actually got it with that, you
3: know? <laughs> yeah, because that's true. Because, I mean, even, like, to what you're saying, Rand, it's like the fact that it was kind of like a quick hush. Like, wait, did he – Did he? Everybody, everybody almost came to the realization mm-hmm. at the same time, which, I mean, and that, that was still a moment. They didn't play the music right away, which was smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody kind of just had the feeling. They shared the feeling with him. I mean, you saw how he broke down in the ring, which was – I mean – Everybody stayed to the end. They did, man. Like a lot of people, a few people left. But man, those guys, they, they put on a hell of a show, um, talking about a double or nothing, or all in two. If, if it was up to you, what city would you put it in, man?
2: Oh, man. I mean, I think Chicago's one of the best wrestling cities in the country. So this was a great place for the first one. But if they were doing another one, man, I say keep it in the Midwest. Go Detroit, or, or St. Louis, or Kansas City, or Memphis. I feel like one of those would be a perfect place because they paid a lot of homage to the old school from the Jay Lethal flip match doing a little bit of the Wrestlemania 3 stuff and a lot of classic moments. So uh, a lot of old meets new. So I feel like doing it in a, in, a, in, a, in a place that has a huge history would be great. So I would say like a Kansas City, Memphis. Um,
0: you know, seeing as how like SummerSlam been in New York like the last three years, you know, it it wouldn't be bad for them to just call Chicago home for All In, you know, and say, we're going to have it every year here, you know. But if they were going to travel, I would kind of be like, um, maybe depending on, like, who's going to be featured or who's fighting. Because, like, if you go to different places, if you can incorporate, like, more of the indie scene from the place where you're at. So, like, if they went to Phoenix and if they showed, like, the Phoenix indie scene some love, like the guys who – work with wwe and stuff but are the indies like if they can get them in a match or something or like a the pre-show or something like that like i think that would be cool to be like oh every city we go to like we show the wrestling scene there's some love so that it's not just them taking like you got to give and take you know and i feel like that they're gonna get that because they were in the ring talking about like wrestling is for everybody and stuff like that you can't be the the martyr or you can't be the like the person standing up for it if you don't also give back. Because then people will see like, oh, you're kind of like just trying to fool us. You want us to think that you're all about everybody so you can get paid. No, let's make everybody get paid, you know? And,
3: you know, what? I think that generally was like the the like the spirit of everyone that, that came together, whether they were working in the ring or working backstage. I mean, this thing, you saw a bunch of heads that were, you know, came together to make this happen. And I think that is a good point because I wouldn't mind if it was in Chicago. Um, me being biased, I would love for it to be in LA. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have to, you know, save money on that plane flight and a hotel as well. But uh, I mean, I, I think it'd be smart to hit uh, another one of these epicenters of uh, indie wrestling, man. I mean, maybe like a Jersey, uh, LA. I mean, you were talking about Midwest. Maybe uh, I mean it's a little more south, but Texas, obviously, huge, huge town for wrestling. Yeah, I, I mean, where, where they can make some a, a little bit more of the old school and new school there too. Like
0: you're... You're from LA, isn't um, isn't that where Bandito wrestles out of? Isn't he from there?
3: Or there? I, I don't I don't think he he is like built. I think he's built from from Mexico. He he does wrestle a bit out there for okay. sure. Him and like Ray Phoenix, Penta, a lot of those guys. I mean, the SoCal indie scene for sure is heavy, okay. real heavy out there. I mean, you know, Joey Ryan's out there, uh, a bunch of guys. You know what I mean? It's 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 crazy. It's, it's usually it's like a bunch of the coasts that that have like a lot of like it's like a hotbed for for indie wrestling and stuff. But right. I mean, but.
0: Yeah, it would be good for them to go do a, do it on the West, too. Like, one year on the East Coast, one year on the West Coast, that would shake it up. And then it's like they, like, mostly all the Bullet Club people and stuff, like, went over at All In. But, like, if they went on the West Coast, then you got more of the Lucha people out there. And then, like, if they got the advantage, because it's like home court, home team advantage, you know? So it's like they got more, more Lucha people on that show or more, like, for them to get um, – wins so that their people can enjoy it you know so it's like i can see stuff like that happening
3: yeah i feel like they did a, a pretty good mix of uh i mean i felt like everybody left happy last night you know what i mean i don't think anybody had a complaint besides those who probably weren't there or just didn't support it to uh-huh. begin with you know what i mean there was not uh, one match that I didn't i'm saying, like every car i mean i've asked a few people like you know i know there's not going to be one answer but like you know everyone's like the whole card i'm like yeah but is there anything you know, specifically anything standing up and it's they did a good job with this card now i am interested to see again all into I mean one could only hope they they kind of made some uh, some uh, references to it. I think LA will be good just because of the fact again you know t- to Teek's point it's like there's a f- there's great talent everywhere but the fan bases will always be different. So I think in a way to please that fan base I think it would be smart to incorporate some of what you were saying and then also some of what you're saying Rand as far as like hooking in that old school because I mean I think if you just have one straight format of, of someone's genre of rust that's why no that's why no one could could agree I want, you know everyone is into different things. Um, last question. Uh, is there anyone that wasn't uh, at All In that you'd like to see at All In uh, in the future? I was hoping to see
2: Dalton Castle, but I know he's injured. Um, but, man, I mean, a person, like, active that I would love to see that, w- that was possible. I mean, gosh. Um, wow. Uh,
0: let me think. I was going to say I heard a lot of people saying Neville that they thought because he just got off of his um, contract suspension or, you know, finished his contract out that they thought that he might show up. Um, when Flip Gordon pulled his mask off, I thought it might have been CM Punk. Um, but I, I can't really think of, because, um, like, I don't, I don't really know too many, like, indie guys I can think of to be in it, and most guys are contracted. But I would say, like, somebody like, um, like Dolph, you know, would I like—that's somebody who I think like will flourish in the indie scene because he, you know, he he puts his all in and he sells so well, and like he's just a good worker. And the indie scene flourishes with good workers, so he's like somebody like Jericho or somebody like that. Like, if he had an issue where he actually left WWE, I would want to see him pop up at an event like that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. I mean, I think Dolph. I mean, it'd be good to see him where they're in a place where there's no ceilings for him and his character. It's just nothing but growth. And uh, you, you got you got one for us, Rand.
2: <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm gonna be a little biased and be like, man, I would like to see a, a couple more young young brothers out there. Maybe a C H. Maybe a Shane yeah. Strickland. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd love to see some of that out there. Um, but man, uh, that would be my pick. I would say like an ACH or a C H. or a, or a Strickland.
3: Well, I, I'm going I'm I just thought about it. Right, this, here's my pick before we get out of here for the Quincy Jones show. And you know, again, this is pending if there's no, you know, no, con, you know, exclusive contracts. But there's certain somebody that I'm speaking of that actually is able to get away with a lot of extracurricular activities. Uh, I'm thinking maybe we might finally get the New Day versus the Elite. I think that might be. I mean, there's no way to tell. I mean, obviously, but you know, Xavier he's at Dragon Con right now and he's able to say it online. You know what I mean? He's on TV like no problem. Wow. Thank you, sir. And uh, it's—I mean—I I think that'll be dope. That'll be something both companies can make money be with. On Facebook real, real soon. Yes. This guy right here always does a run-in <laughs> on Facebook. Yes, yes, I got I got I, I gotta keep the run-ins on, on deck. I got it. <laughs> but thanks, thanks you guys. I appreciate your time, man. Uh, yeah, no, I talked to him yesterday about it. I was like, oh, you the guy? Yeah, I was like, my, my, my bad, you know. But uh, Yo, what I
2: wanna say to to our audience of if, if Matt Maniacs are listening, man. Make sure you're supporting Quincy Jones Go and a question show and all the stuff he does we talked a little bit about it support independent podcasters support independent uh wrestling and uh, all that good stuff and this dude does a lot on his own and a lot of high quality content so uh please make sure i can't say that about everybody so i will say support this brother
3: thanks man i definitely appreciate your time thank you Megaran, and thank you Teague. make sure you guys follow matt mania podcast at matt mania pod and uh we're getting ready for this crossover well, that's to show you guys. I appreciate you guys listening again. This is a mini so the first in a while, man. Um, as you can tell, I had quite a bit of fun being able to interview those guys, man. Uh, shout out to Simon Miller for taking time out of his busy schedule uh, when he wasn't eating, of course. <laughs> shout out to Simon Miller at What Culture. Uh, you know, appreciative of you uh, being able to answer a lot of my questions, and again, it's. Pretty crazy to be able to ask those guys uh, a few of the questions I did and, uh, you know, this, see where things are at now we're All Elite Wrestling. And, you know, it wasn't All Elite Wrestling back then. It was just all in. And, um, you know, so it's really interesting. And, uh, you know, of course, shout out to all the guys at Matt Mania, uh, the podcast. Make sure you guys follow them on social media, everybody. Uh, Mega Ran, uh, thanks for the kind words, man. Definitely follow Megaran Ran and go get, you know, tuned in to, to – Everything he's doing, man. You know, music-wise, video game-wise. He's doing it all a podcast game. Shout out to T Call, another great artist out of the Arizona area, man. Shout out to Neo X. All you guys were showing mad love out there in Chicago, man. I definitely appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, man, this has been a mini soul Shout out to Doc. He could not make it on this show, but uh fear not he will be back next week. And I believe we're gonna try to get uh Marky Mark McFly on the phone, man, live from the east. See if he got a uh, you know, that burner working, man. Try to get somebody of a uh, hot SummerSlam predictions going for you guys. But, uh, of course, you guys can follow us on uh, the Quincy Jones Show everywhere on social media. That's uh, the Quincy Jones Show on Facebook, the Quincy Jones Show on Instagram, and Quincy Jones Show on Twitter. And uh, now officially announcing we are on Spotify, if you guys didn't get the notice last episode. But we are now officially on Spotify. You can guys check us out, look us up, Quincy Jones Show, review us, stream us, whatever they let you guys do on there, man. Uh, again, we're brand new, uh, finally on the Spotify page. Uh, again, you could uh, review us, check us out on iTunes, rate us on uh, Facebook as well. You guys showing mad love on the Facebook page. We're almost at 5,000 likes. And I, I think I may have mentioned this, we may have a very particular contest going especially with what huge event may be going down at the end of August but more on that later I'm not going to give away too much again we got uh SummerSlam predictions next week till then top guy out